Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast for Southeast Asian women by Southeast Asian women, exploring conversations around health, the self, community and love. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. Hi guys, I think there's a couple of things we have to address. The first thing is that Usually I have like women on the show, but today I have like two males. This also happens to be our 50th episode. We started off being a podcast, empowering women to be more open about sharing about their bodies, about their health, removing stigmas around the conversations about basically sexual wellness, right? We have always seen ourselves as like feminists, but I don't think we can call ourselves real feminists if we don't understand our counterparts and the struggles that they face as well, right? The stigmas and the the uh, stereotypes that is associated with yeah. their particular gender because <laughs> feminism is about equality of both sexes, right? So I think it's high time that we tackled the topic of men's health. And while I was doing my research, I came across this men's health platform. Noah is a digital men's clinic, the first and only in Singapore. So we specialize in highly sensitive conditions, such as erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, and hair loss. And towards the end of the month, um, we're going to launch um, therapy to support mental health. Right, so our whole goal is to provide a more discreet, affordable, and convenient way for men to seek treatment for these sensitive conditions. This is Sean and Darren. Sean is currently in Australia, and therefore, <laughs> we have to resort to this. <laughs> But the episode's going to be great. It's going to be great. We, we've worked around our technical difficulties. So we'll jump right into it. We can start off with an introduction from maybe Sean first and then after that, Darren can go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean. Um, I'm the co-founder of Noah. I'm currently in Melbourne, which is and actually in a hotel room in some rural area, which is why I'm calling from a monitor. Um, I'm 25 this year. And... I started Noah um, because I had a brush with Edie. I'm just going to be upfront about it, but more into about that later. <laughs> I'll let Darren share about himself. Okay, uh, hi, I'm Darren, 24 this year. Uh, why I joined Noah? Actually, because he asked me during CB period and I really had nothing to do. <laughs> so I thought, like, you know, why, why, why not? not? Why not? Okay. One thing that I always do on the show, and because we're called Something Private, is that I will ask my guests to share something private about themselves. Okay. I, I started Noah because of my own personal experience, my own brush. I don't have Edie, just to be right clear. I had a brush with Edie. I just want everyone to know. So, there's I no mean, shame. It happened during a really stressful period in time, right? Where um, of work, of, you know, just. Um, just didn't take care of my body well just like having like four hours three hours of sleep every single day and you know one day like during sex it just like just didn't get as hard right and then for a 25 viral now I'm just thinking like how why did this happen to me right like confusion frustration shock and you know I did what every 25 year old would do in this day and age I went to ask Dr. Google right so Google, WebMD, you name it, right? Went down this whole rabbit trail. So this whole episode lasted for a week, right? It wasn't until like, I think Friday or Saturday that I mustered the courage to ask a doctor friend. I was like, hey, this thing happened, right? Like, do I have ED or not? Because at some point, I became so convinced that ED are searching for treatment options and clinics, right? So before mm. I really go into it, which is going to be very expensive, I, I asked a friend. And then he was like, oh, it's actually normal for guys, right? Like tiredness, stress in my case, like, you know, um, changing positions 30 times, right? Can, you know, can really lose the mood and cause people to go soft, right? I'm not as hard. <laughs> so, 
after going through this whole, I won't say ordeal, but experience, right, I realized that two things became super apparent to me. Right? Firstly, there's just a general lack of understanding around common mental health issues. Right? As young people especially, you always think that younger generations are more woke, but you'll be surprised to know how little young adults know about common mental health issues. Right? And secondly, there's a need for a more discreet, affordable, and convenient alternative to getting treatment in Singapore. Because back then, with that knowledge that I had, with the experience that I had, there was no way that I would have gone to see a doctor, right? Because it's just too embarrassing, it's too expensive, right? Mm. I would just kind of try to live with it, which is why, you know, Noah was created. Alright, so something private about myself, okay, right from the get-go, going hard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I were to share one, and well, since we're on the topic of men's health, I guess it would be, I don't know if I'm suffering from hair loss or not, but uh, on the surface level, it could be because of this thing called male pattern baldness, or it could just be genetics. Mm. Right. So um, since young, I really have very little hair. Mm. So like for the longest time, I've just been wondering like, am I losing hair? Mm. <laughs> but then it's been like, it's been so long mm. and like the number of hairs that I have hasn't changed. It's just as little as it was last time. Okay. So like, I'm confused to say the least. La. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I guess. What are some common men's health issues? From what we've seen, erectile dysfunction is the most common like medical condition that we get asked a lot. What exactly is erectile dysfunction? Alright, that's his expertise. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, erectile dysfunction, quite simply put, is you're, you're unable to get hard for sexual intercourse or you're unable to maintain your erection for sexual intercourse. Right, so I think okay. most of us, when we think of erection, we just think in terms of a binary way, right? So you're either hard or you're soft, right? But that's not really true. Like, there's levels. I guess you can, like, you know, like 50%, right? This guy might have ED, but, you know, um, if, he's, if he's able to penetrate and he and his partner feel satisfied with 50% hardness, then that's fine, right? You know, someone at 80%, 65 might not. So, you know, like, there's, there's always ranges. It's not just binary. You can't get hard or, like, you know, ED means this guy can, you know, just can't stand. ED, I think in, in Singapore, 51.3% of men um, in their 30s experience ED. Um, just to touch on that a bit more before going to PE. Um, for ED, I think one of the most common, Darren can attest, is young people then come to us and be like, oh, like you say 50%, right? You know, how is it, you know, is it all skewed to older men, right? Is it mm. just like 50% of Singapore men, like everyone old? But that's not true because um, the percentage of probability of men getting ED increases 10% per decade of life. So you're at 20 years old, you have 20%, 30 or 30%, 40 or 40%, right? So um, so everyone, you know, ED don't discriminate. Everyone <laughs> have a chance to get. <laughs> PE, you know, one third of Singaporean men have PE, right? So it's extremely prevalent as well. Especially with younger men, PE often, you know, is tied to psychological causes, mm. right? Anxiety, stress, first time, nervous, you know, um, yeah, insecurities. Mm. So that's that's massive. And then the third one would be hair loss, which is also massive uh, for young audiences, um, 17 to 26 year old, one third of Singaporean men. Right, so I guess uh, when it comes to conditions such as ED and PE, it's not really a specific thing that you can define. Mm. For these kind of medical conditions, or I think maybe for most medical conditions, it's sort of a spectrum. Mm. So for different individuals, they'll usually experience a different form of ED and PE, let's just say. Mm. So some guy, like one, one person could have, could experience this level of hardness and another person could experience this level of hardness or maybe one person can't even get hard at all. 
So you see, it's a whole spectrum and you can't really define it as because this happened to you, you have ED. Mm. So I, I think it's when one off, that's fine, right? Like it happens. Every guy will go soft once in their life. Hits up, right? If it haven't happened, it's coming. But like... Damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone think that we are, we're doing Noah, you know, for like to just to help older men, but we're just future-proofing ourselves. Mm. <laughs> like it's just, mm. But anyway, for, for ED, it's, it's a recurring thing, right? It's like one-off, right? But when it happens again and again and again, because you need to understand, right? Like how an erection, I, I think in previously, you know, I, I, I caught erections a, a work of wonder, right? But the reason, but there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I tell you why, I tell you why. Because... For for a man to have a really healthy erection, a lot of things have to happen at the same time simultaneously, right? So for a guy to have a full, strong, healthy erection on demand, you need your hormones have to be released, right? On demand, your arteries have to carry blood with perfect efficiency, your nervous system has to send the right impulses, and this all happens in sync. So like mind and body, right? At the same time, when you need it, when you want it. So when a guy consistently have poor erections, right? What, what happens is essentially your body is telling you that something is not right, right? Because consistently, right? Because for you that erection, you need all these things to happen at the same time well, mm. right? So when you have consistent poor erections, it means something is wrong. So we, we always say, you know, like your erection is like your fuel gauge, right? When it's up, all systems go. When it's down, something is down. Time to get it checked, right? And ED is also often an early warning sign of heart disease. ED is not just about sex, right? Um, it, it's, it's a health thing. It's not a yep. sex thing. Yep. I mean, I mean we, we were sharing that with regards to like sex, it's about like the holistic part of it, right? I mean, yeah. it's yeah. not just physical, it's like mental, emotional, and, yeah. and everything is combined, right? Tell me a bit more about what are the causes of like, I mean, you did share a bit, but like what are the causes of ED and like premature ejaculation? Yeah, I guess heart disease, really heart disease. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because um, as I think we mentioned this on our own podcast as well, okay. like together with uh, an expert, like, as you as men get older, basically their bodies get weaker. Okay. So if they have a heart problem, okay. and uh I can't really go much into detail because I really I don't want to say the wrong things here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but basically the body has trouble pumping blood into mm. the PP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. what causes like premature ejaculation then? I think that's more of a mental aspect. Okay. On, okay. In this case. Okay. Yeah. So um, when a guy gets maybe too excited mm. before having sex, mm. then you know he might rouse himself up way too much even before he starts doing it, mm. and that may cause him to prematurely ejaculate. ejaculate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I want to know why is hair loss like prevalent among? It seems to be prevalent among like Asian males, or is it something that it's a stereotype? Uh, I think just... I think it's a stereotype. Okay. Yeah, because okay. even like. Uh, even like people from all over the world. It's have true. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Why is why is it a health issue then? Uh. Okay. So first off, I want to just talk about male pattern baldness mm. because that is the most common mm. cause of hair loss. And what what exactly is that? Uh. Okay. Male pattern baldness is first of all genetic, so you can't stop it. You can try to slow it down, but you can't completely stop it. It's mm. gonna hit you one day if mm. it's in your genes. Mm. Right. So how uh, male pattern baldness works is. Uh, let's let's talk about in males first. So we have testosterone, right? We produce testosterone, and there's this byproduct of testosterone called DHT. What this DHT does is it 
it lingers around your scalp area and there are certain areas of your scalp where mm. there are more of these byproducts. Mm. Over time, uh, some hairs are sensitive to it. Kinds of shrinks the thickness of each strand of hair. Once it goes past a certain threshold, uh, it just will not, it might not go back. Okay. It's not safe, will not. Okay. Yeah, I can see you're, yeah, you're yeah, trying I'm really hard to understand right now. But the TLDR is that there's a byproduct of testosterone that causes you guys to not be able to yeah, grow yeah, out hair as efficiently yes. anymore, right? Yeah. And therefore, yeah. male metabolism. Long story short, yes, TLDR. <laughs> okay, okay. And who is who is susceptible to this? Or is it really just... Uh, it's really just genetic. There's okay. no like, anyone can have it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's just pick a number when you're born. Mm. If you're unlucky, then... You're unlucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I was unlucky. Not God's favorite, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Okay, okay. so um, yeah. there's also the health aspects, right? So I think most commonly in our society maybe is stress. You hear a lot of people complaining about, uh, I mean, going to the doctors mm. to see, to get their hair loss treated because of stress, mm. right? So that's one of the most common causes apart from the genetic side mm-hmm. when it comes to hair loss. So cool. Okay, so... I think what really interests me is like beyond like the physical aspect of it because I think that mm-hmm. what is often not talked about is like the emotional and like mental part of like sex and like mm-hmm. the culture around sex for instance, right? So I, I, I want to know how much do you guys know about the relationship between erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation and stuff like pornographic internet culture hookup culture, the usage of like sex toys, these kinds of things. Like, what, what, is there like any link? Because to me, it feels as if like, I mean, in my own personal experience, <laughs> I would say that like, I, I, I have encountered... Wait, wait, um, you, you can't go on without sharing a bit more. <laughs> yeah, I am going to share. I am going to share. I am super open. But I mean, I, I, and I think I shared with Sean over the phone that like, um, in some experiences in like, in casual like hookups and everything, right? I realized that like the guys... Yeah, like, I, I don't know that, I mean, they get soft very fast and then, like, either that or is that, like, they cannot come through, like, penetrative sex. And it feels as if, like, there's a bit of, like, link to the number of times they, like, masturbate or, like, the stuff that they do while trying to, like, masturbate, you know what I mean? So... It's a lot of desensitization, right? So, porn-induced TD is huge among young people um, and it's on the rise globally, right? Because the, the whole idea is, is that essentially you watch so much porn, right, that you just get desensitized to common sex, right? Mm-hmm. Or not common sex, just to sex sex in real life, right? Because in porn, in one sitting, you can see like 10 different scenes. You Now, after a while, you get desensitized. You need a special category, you know, like female, like, you know, um, black, like white body, black ass, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like Asian face, you know, like you need this like very <laughs> weird concoction for you to get off, mm-hmm. right? And that's the thing. And then, so when you go into real life, you have, a, you have sex with your partner in real life. She's not like that. Mm. right and she can't change she can't like change every five five minutes to a different scene for you and you know different mm-hmm. kind of like body type for you just for you to get off right and the same thing is like you when you're watching porn most guys like you know some i guess some guys you masturbate in a way that it's such a special grip at this speed that you know that you cannot replicate in sex right like unfortunately i'm not sure what i can say but the vagina just cannot grip it in that way that you grip How special your hand, is the right? grip, yeah. and you <laughs> so you know <laughs> Right, so because of the way you masturbate, so masturbation, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just, you know, the way that you masturbate, the way that you, you know, the kind of things you're into when it's, it's so hard for you to replicate in real, real life, then you over time get desensitized, right? And then you, mm. during sex, you just cannot ejaculate or you, you just, you know, yeah, take too long. It sounds as if like internet pornography has kind of 
resulted in a curated like arousal experience like you kind of train your brain to know like what causes like arousal and then like you and when when it's in real life when that cannot be replicated then yeah. it causes like yeah yeah erectile it's kind of like drinking alcohol okay like, the more you drink the more you are like resistant re- it's resilient true, you know? it's true it's yeah, true it's kind yeah. of the same thing yeah, yeah yeah so I guess then my question is like how do we get our boys to be more conscious about this oh that's tough mm. mm-hmm. well I, I think um, you have to understand the consequences right and start to you know like pace yourself I mean masturbation can be part of your sex life or you know porn you know I think it's hard to avoid right but it's just oh, sure. you know what kind of categories you're going into like you know um, is your partner in with you on that right I think it's a lot about having communication as well and also being self-aware right that if you know you have this like certain way of gripping right that it just cannot be replicated <laughs> then maybe it's time to change it a bit right or this certain speed right you know what I mean like then it's time to change I think it's a lot about self-awareness right and just be like okay like I understand that this might cause an issue so let's not do this thing right let's try a different way yeah and that's interesting because I mean like from your personal experiences also I guess like if it's a more of like a psychological one then what have you done to kind of make sure that that didn't happen to you again like that you didn't get ED again yeah yeah I I I, I think for me, um, it was, I was just overworked, super stressed, tired, right? So it's me learning to take care of myself, right? Mm. Both my body, my health, my mind, right? Um, and Melbourne was in lockdown, right? For like months, like six months, we couldn't go out of the house, kind of thing, there's curfew. So things was like, I mean, it was, it was kind of shit. Uh. So like, <clears throat> I, I think what we learned, I, as I learned personally is, you know, you want to work well, but you got to work sustainably, you have to take care of your health because it all affects. You know, like you, you learn to take care of yourself because then you're not at 25, then you got some brush with ED, you know, your hair start falling off, you know, you start to like have all these different things. Right? So I'm lucky that I don't have hair loss and you know, that didn't, ED didn't happen to me, but you know, it was a, it was a good enough scare mm. to make me want to like, you know, like, you know, preserve my body. Mm. It's not, you're not always going to be young forever. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so um, my next question is, I guess with Noah and what you guys want to provide, which is discreet, Mental services? Yeah. In how, a nutshell. Yes. In a nutshell, right? How do you... Like, let's say a guy comes to you with a certain problem, right? How do you then help him solve his issues? Yeah. So, Noah essentially is a men's telehealth platform, right? So, um, when you come to the platform, the first thing you do is you complete an evaluation. So, every mm. condition we treat has a specific evaluation that covers your health, mental um, health, symptoms, history, everything. Right, so we basically took questions that men generally find awkward to answer a doctor in real life, right? Bolstered with more questions and put it into an evaluation, which you can then complete in the privacy and comfort of your home, right? So by the time our doctor calls you to complete the consultation, right, the tough, awkward questions already have been answered, right? So that eases up the entire interaction, makes it less embarrassing and awkward, which tasks often lead to even more honest replies, right? And then the entire time will be spent with a doctor determining the best medicine for you, the best treatment plan for you. Right, and then after consultation, if prescribed, we deliver within four hours of approval. Yeah, number one, we try to demystify a lot of these conditions. Number two, we try to make it as comfortable and as discreet as possible for people um, to receive treatment. And then, you know, we try to make it as affordable so that the accessibility is, you know, just for everyone. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about the stigma that men face around like sexual health. Mm. And then you guys can share a bit of like your own personal experiences. Yeah. Okay. I, I think for sexual health, actually, like let's take EDMP for example, right? 
when a guy get ED or PE, the first thing hit to your manhood, right? Like, oh, non-functioning penis, right? Like for guys intrinsically as you grow up or like society culturally, right? For years, right? Like, you know, your dick is the most important thing, right? Like it defines a lot of your manhood for guys, you know, like, um, and so when, you know, you have ED, like it doesn't go soft or like you cannot perform in bed, then immediately you feel emasculated, right? You feel like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm, I'm less of a man, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one um, that, that kind of builds on the whole stigma. But the reason being is, I think most people look at it as a sex condition, right? It's a sex thing, right? ED is a sex thing. Oh, you know, like, so when, you know, you, you have ED, you feel like, you know, I cannot perform in bed, I'm, you know, I'm not good. So that, that kind of creates a shame and stigma around it, right? But if you actually understand ED, right? Um, and if you understand PE, a lot of it is actually a health condition. Right, so as we've mm. spoken before, ED, actually with ED, almost every time there's always a psychological factor behind it, right? Because ED might affect your relationships with so psychological or the sex paradox, right? Which, you know, um, in summary, it's essentially you don't have ED, but you think you have ED. And the more you think you have ED, you get ED and you have ED over and over again, right? So it's always psychological behind, right? Or PE, um, almost all PE, a lot of our PE patients, we refer them to psychologists. Right, because mm. there's always a psychological factor that's affecting that physical condition. That's really interesting. The fact that like you refer a lot of your yeah. uh, PE patients to psychologists. Yeah. 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 That's why we're offering that service as well. We're gonna we uh by end of the month, we're gonna provide um therapy because we realize it's such a huge condition, it's such a huge thing, right? Like mm. and and interestingly enough, just a side point, more and more young men are open to seeing therapy. I, I think it's, it's, it's destigmatized, right? Uh, more people, when we suggest to them, where our doctors say, I think, you know, you should, talk, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to speak. You know, like, I, I think they, the, the whole stigma of like, oh, therapies are only for people who are crazy or something. It's like outdated mm. and out the window. Right, but back mm. to the point. So I think when you start looking at it from a health thing, right, where these conditions are healthy, like even hair loss, a lot of young men who experience hair loss, uh, especially at very early age, they suffer from low self-esteem. There's always a psychological thing behind it as well. So it's not just a vanity issue, it's, it's a health issue. So when you look at these conditions from a health perspective, then you realize, hey, what is that to be ashamed of? Right? It's a health thing, I need to get help. Just like cough, fever, flu. Right? And then you start to destigmatize it and people are more comfortable sharing with it. But when you always talk about like a shame or, or like, you know, this like a sex thing, then there's a shame, there's a build up. No one wants to talk about it. So I, I think it's about reframing the problem and actually understanding the problem a lot more um, than just on a really surface level. I guess... Uh, okay, maybe not much uh, in terms of men's health per se, mm. but like society in general, mm. people just don't tend to talk about these things, right? It's not, you don't bring it up in normal conversation. Yep. So I guess that's one of the taboo, that's where the taboo stems from in the first place. Yeah. Like, you, you don't sit down at a coffee shop, drink coffee and like, hey guys, I got ED how ah? Yeah. That, that, that this is happen. interesting because I mean like, I mean, just to share also like on our women's health podcast, I often mm-hmm. tell like everybody that like, I do that with my female friends. Like, every time, like, we go out and have drinks, right? We're like, oh, shit, ladies, like, I have an yeast infection, you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, babe, like, <laughs> let me just tell you where to go, you know, these kind of things. But, like, I want to know, like, is that not what boys talk about? No, we talk about everything <laughs> other than the problems we have. <laughs> everything, right? Just not the problems that we are facing. Okay. Yeah, because I guess uh, it's an ego thing. Yeah, because uh, we talked about this a lot also, actually. Um, what's it called? Machismo. Yeah, machismo. Yeah, that's what it is. Say Basically, machismo. Men's, men's pride. Okay, okay. Yeah, Machis- yeah, yeah. Machismo, okay. That was my reaction when I first heard that word too. Yeah, this is completely <laughs> new to me. Very interesting. Tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, so basically, machismo is like the tough guy like mentality. Yeah. You know, like you, you have to be tough. Yeah. That's how you're seen as a man, right? So you can't show any weakness. 
that's basically what machismo is. Mm. Right? So anything that is potentially emasculating yes. or could make you look like soft. Yes. Right? So like, okay, just imagine like an army bunk maybe. Right? Because that's where like the most machismo happens, I think. That's a testosterone I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So okay, let's say let's say you're in a bunk. Yeah. And then one guy just just tells everyone, hey guys, I got ADA. What should I do? No one's gonna help him, lah. Yeah. Everyone's gonna make fun of him, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, hey, that's the ED boy. I see. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the problems, also, I guess, when yeah. it comes to taboo topics in men's health. Mm. Yeah. Have you guys personally like? No, I don't talk about it. Yeah. How, how <laughs> so about how about how about Sean? Sean seems like the more like. Yeah. I talk mean. about his problems, guy. <laughs> yeah, he does seem like that guy. No, I, no, I think you understand, right? Like, um, when it first happened, obviously, I, it, it, I didn't really share with anyone. I did, you know, like it was just me and my partner researching. It's only when I know, like, okay, I don't have ED. Then I was like, okay, I'm not willing to share. Like, I think, but back then also, like, I, I didn't. For me, you know, we, I think with Noah, we have spoken to like thousands of men, right? Where this becomes so normal, which is why, like, now I'm very comfortable with talking about this condition because on a daily basis, we speak with like hundreds of men, mm. right, who encounter this, and you just feel that after a while, it's the norm, like, It's just like this is, you know, our, our life for the past six, seven months, right? Mm. So, so I, I think end of the day, a lot of it is, is misinformation and miseducation, mm. right? So once, like when I first started Noah, I shared with some friends, they're like, why? Why would you start a men's clinic, a 25-year-old start a men's clinic and our first treatment was ED. Mm. <laughs> right, first of all, Darren, he's like, what? What? Yeah, like, yeah. what ED? Like, you're ED. <laughs> like, that's always the first thing, right? But then when you start sharing and start telling them, hey, it's actually more than just, you know, a sex thing. It's not just like some old man, you know, like one to just like, you know, like when you start to understand it's a health issue that is very, very prevalent, right? Then I think people's perspectives start to change. Mm. Right? Then they be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it why you're doing it, right? You're not just like, you know, a bit crazy or like you got ED. Mm. So, Mm. I think it always boils down to these two points. Something Private is a podcast produced by WeFM. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So this episode is a really special one. It's our 50th episode and we decided to dedicate it to our male counterparts because I think we believe that the conversation around male sexual health is much needed. I want to know what extent of knowledge you guys have about male sexual health. Are you guys aware of some of the conditions that have been mentioned? Do you have personal anecdotes from boyfriends, you know, male friends, family members about their struggle with male sexual health? And do you think that men are victims of their own toxic messages? Masculinity. Hmm. Let me know what you guys think. Reach me on Instagram at somethingprivatepod or drop me an email at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. Talking about the whole like masculinity thing, we, I mean, we had this general practitioner who runs a sexual health clinic. You guys were with her as well, Dr. Jess. Oh, she, right. She said, and I think this is very true in that like, sometimes guys damn poor thing. It's like, yo. <laughs> Your arousal or like the the <laughs> thing that, that makes you manly is so like visible. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like the yeah. minute like something I guess goes wrong or like mm-hmm. is unexpected happens, then you guys will be like, oh my god, like it's very visible. You know what I mean? That there's something. Yeah, we totally do this. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> yeah, but I think that, that in itself can be right then when the physical is not working, then like 
psychologically like oh my god shit like this is happening and then like you get stressed and then like yeah. the stress affects the erection and stuff like that right so it's a down it's a downhill spiral like it's it true. never stops there's no getting <laughs> out of no, it yeah, like no. crash and burn right yeah. yeah I find it really interesting because I think in the recent few years the talk around women's health is very different from the talk around men's health in mm-hmm. that when we talk about female health we're always like oh yes it's empowering you know um, there's no like shame there's this like community mindedness sisterhood mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. that same kind of community is not experienced mm-hmm. with men so I, I want to yeah. know maybe share a bit more about that with me and then how you guys intend to step out of it because I, I think I mean just to add on so I feel like when it comes to men's health and women's health, we are starting on very different platforms. Yeah, yeah. from my point of view, uh, women's when it comes to women's health, you think of the conditions, it's not really, it doesn't really put the, a person down, mm. per se. Like, it doesn't really hit the pride. Okay. Yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I will correct you. Breast cancer can be quite debilitating. You know, especially like, let's say you have to mm-hmm. get the mastectomy. That means that you don't have like, boobs anymore lah, but mm-hmm. different thing. But I get what you mean. I mean, yeah, as in, it's a health condition, right? Yeah. So if let's say you have breast cancer, people will be like, oh my god. Yeah, nobody's going to be like, yeah, no. Yeah, it's like, hey, breast cancer. <laughs> no one's going to do that. People will be like, hey, you okay? Are you okay? It's true, you need, it's you true. Need support. It's true, it's yeah. true. Yeah. So, but when you, when, when you talk about men's health, everything that has to do with men's health generally happens from the waist down. Mm. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Mm. So, at that point, it is a pride hit, like what I mentioned earlier, mm. which is more. So I guess that's, that's my point of view, like. Which is why, for men's health, it's more f- more taboo compared to female health. Mm, mm. Yeah. And in in your personal experience, I mean, like you must have, you must have told like some friends and family that like you're working on this thing, right? Uh-huh. What were some of like the reactions? Well, first off, I don't have the problem. So like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm, his ego is not hit. <laughs> yeah, my my ego's not hit. I'm cool. So, <laughs> but the second thing is, uh, what this company does, yeah, we deal with men's health, but. Beyond the surface level, we are actually helping people, right? At our core, we help men feel more confident mm. in their daily lives, right? Not just in bed, maybe. Like, uh, if a man has erectile dysfunction, mm. knowing the fact that he can get hard if mm. he wants to gives him a huge confidence boost, I would think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. And... Women now, the, the, the trend and, and the, it's, it's a great thing which is more and more women are being self-empowered to take control of their own body, right? Where they're not ashamed, you know, like, I have period, so what? Let's talk about it, right? It used to be, you know, like a taboo, hush-hush kind of thing, right? With men's health, I think culturally and society, from a societal point of view is men's always like viewed as the stronger one, right? So, or you have to be healthy, you have to be fit, you have to be strong, right? So that's like kind of the, all the stigma that are being attached to men. Right, so the moment you are unwell, the moment, especially when, you know, it's something about your penis, right? It's like, boom, <laughs> like, this guy is like, not good, right? He's, he's not alpha, he's like, bravo fucking Charlie, right? Like, all the way down. So, <laughs> you know, so, I think as we start to educate men and help them to understand that, hey, like, this is more than just about your masculinity, like, your, your manhood shouldn't be tied to your penis, like there's a lot more, it's a health thing. Do you shame someone for having a cough? You don't. Do you shame someone for having flu? You don't. So this is equally as common as cough and flu. So why do you shame? Right? And I know and I think what we so try to do at Noah is which is why we start ordinary folk, is we try to change the conversation. 
right? We we want to make it more common for men to talk about stuff and be like, it's okay, right? Like, and we will find it's awkward for us at the start, but over time, our, our goal is you start talking about more and more of this kind of stuff, and the man will be like, all right, it's fine, right? I can talk about addiction, I can talk about you know sexual health, I can talk about hair loss, and then it becomes normalized. Right, and then that's when you start to normalize it on a you know on a wider scale, then people start to change their perspective on it. I just want to say I love this. When we first started the podcasting, a lot of people were like, "Oh, why don't you tackle men's health?" Because like it seems as if there's a lot more stigma around there. But like, I feel like it's very different if a woman comes and says like, "Hi, this is what you guys should be doing," versus like you guys taking charge yourself to be like, "This is how we want the conversation to go." And yeah, yeah, like embracing, I guess, a more like softer side of you. It's very important to me. Eh? I feel like it's very <laughs> important. Yeah, I mean like when when you guys start to embrace like uh, a side of you that's more vulnerable, then the relationship mm. between men and women improves also. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a whole like chicken and egg thing. It's so important. You know like Singaporean men die on average three years earlier than women. Oh no. Right. That's, that's the truth. Great. Oh, sorry. sorry wrong, wrong side. But <laughs> but like, we see doctors half as frequently, right? That's kind of stupid, right? So, we die early, but we see doctors lesser than women. <laughs> like, that's... No, like, during NS, I see a lot, eh? You know, <laughs> all those YouTube videos... Every day, I hate them. Guys do. <laughs> like, Interesting. That's, that's one of them. Yeah, I mean, I just want to put it out there, right? That it's just like, there's, there's nothing emasculating about going to a doctor. It's really nothing. When, like, a heterosexual couple has sex, I guess the guy is always expected to be the one to perform, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the, the girl is just like, and I, I, would, I would really admit this, like I think that a lot of times the girl just like lays there <laughs> and expects to be like worked on, which is something that Dr. Jess has, has mentioned on our podcast as well, is that like, yeah, the guy is expected to be the one that runs around and like does all the work and like, Runs around them. What kind of sex <laughs> are you having? The <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, is this something that you guys can can relate to as well? Mm. I, I mean, most of the time, the, the joke is the starfish position, right? Just like... Starfish? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <just> like, <clears throat> I don't move. Starfish? What kind but of I mean, sex is here? Yeah, <laughs> dude. I would say some personally, shit, bro. generally, prior to studying Noah and like, you know, learning about all these different things, I generally thought, um, you know, like, the onus is on the guy, right? To make the girl orgasm, to make you orgasm, to, to do well, like, you know, everything's about you. So, you know, even I'll chat with uh, Dr. Jess, it's, it's not true, right? Where, you know, sex, even orgasm should be owned by both parties, right? Mm. The, the, the owner shouldn't be on the guy to do everything. And that's why there's so much pressure, right? Which is, you know, hold back to the whole ED thing, which is, that's why the moment you cannot perform or you cannot reach that level, then you just feel like, oh shit, like, I'm not that much of a man, right? Mm. And it's shameful and it's embarrassing and then it just leads to this whole cycle down. So yeah, I mean, mm. um, I mean, when 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 I first had sex, I guess yeah, that was kind of the mindset, right? Um, you know that it's just like okay, guy, you have to do everything, make sure you're like fucking like. Yeah, yeah. Which then okay brings me to my mm. other point in that like, I think men and women are held to a very unequal standard, and I I feel for you guys a lot because I think that there's this expectation that like guys have to be experienced in bed. And then the inverse is true, right? That the girl has to be like a virgin, right? She has to be like virginal. The best is she's never had sexual experience. But like, I guess nobody really wants to date a guy who's never had any sexual experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, to a certain thoughts. extent, yeah. But then again, uh, I know some of my female friends, I, I've asked them before, and mm. they say they would prefer if 
a guy was a virgin. <laughs> so that, that was Just weird me then. <laughs> You're wild. Way too wild. <laughs> I have high expectations. Yeah, okay, but just a... Uh, I guess girls tend to be more shy in the first place compared to guys. I mean, not saying there are, not, there are no shy guys or there are no confident girls. Mm. But guys also tend to be more on the like... I don't, I don't want to say controlling, but mm. dominant side. Like, they're, they're more dominating in a sense. Not, 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 like not super a, dominating, you know? We're but not I feel going like this is a societal genre. expectation thing. Yeah, yeah, It goes yeah, back yeah. to, like, guys are expected to be the dominant one and then girls are supposed to be, like, the... Expectations aside. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think most guys, in general, the way they act, the way they feel, mm. is more on the dominant side to start with. Do right? you Do you agree, Sean? Yeah, I think culturally, yes. No, not culturally. Okay, we put we put aside culture. Culture aside, culture aside. Just guys, like at the baseline. Um, (laughs) someone doesn't want to admit. Someone doesn't want to admit. False. I want to say yes, but like deep down, I feel that that's not true. Where guys just pretend to be dominant, but in behind closed doors, she's digging it. She's really digging it. It's a human yeah, thing yeah. lah. People just want to be vulnerable in front of each other. Mm-hmm. There are times you want like to be the big love. spoon. There are times you want to be the small spoon. That's that. <laughs> Normalize that. Normalize, Normalize that. that. Sometimes I want to be the big spoon. Okay? Let Sometimes me. I want to be a fork. Why not? <laughs> Don't be me. dare you Alright, moving on. <laughs> okay. For men, the, the problem is about awkwardness, about discretion, embarrassment, right? Essentially, that's what's stopping men from seeking treatment. But the thing is, it's still available. Right, whereas for female, is it's about accessibility, right? Emergency birth control, contraception. You know, like have for, for a female to go to a clinic and be like, oh, you know, the GP might be an older man. You know, they judge you when you get birth control or like you get emergency contraception. So you're common. 25, and the GP be like, I need to tell your parents. Does your parent know about this? You're like, I'm a 25 year woman who's in charge of my health. Why do I need to? You know. So I, I think the consciousness is slightly different. Where whereas it ultimately there's still a lot of embarrassment. You know. But I think it stems on two different things. Right? One is people judging you, or even the doctor at times judging you. And the other one is just you feel you're being judged, right? Like EDPE, right? Oftentimes, it's, it's like the by-the-way condition, right? So what, they, what doctors used to say is like the patient will come in, talk about cough, flu, fever. You reach the door, turn around, by the way, I got ED. <laughs> and then that's actually what they're coming here to seek treatment for. It's really called by-the-way conditions, right? Where female is straight up, you just feel judged. Like, you know, they like give you those looks like, oh, why are you so sexually active? You know, uh, you're buying birth control now, you know? Yeah. So it's, so it's different, like, I think. But there's still, you know, there's still a lot for society for society to kind of uh, evolve and grow as we mature. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I really, really like that. That was great. Yeah. Our listeners are predominantly female mm-hmm. and between the ages of like 18 to 35. With that in mind, do you guys have anything that you want to say specifically to maybe women? On like the issue of men's health. Well, yeah, first of all, maybe you could read out more or you could listen to our podcast. We talk about <laughs> men's health a lot. <laughs> Very great plug. Did I do good? Did I do good? <laughs> I'll cut it out. No, no, I think this is great. I think this is great. I would definitely... wasn't <laughs> I'll definitely link the podcast. I think yeah, it's great. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, I think what we're trying to do here is to make men's health not only less taboo, but also less of a... like a thing to make fun of. Mm. Right? So... Uh, I'm not sure if there's any girls out there who maybe make fun of their partners or anything for having like ED or or maybe scold them for having premature ejaculation or hair loss even, I don't know. 
like, why would you scold your partner for having hair loss? But I don't know, right? You do you. But uh, yeah, so that's what we're trying to do also. Like to to get past that comedic aspect, I think. Like mm. it's not something to make fun of. It's borderline bullying. Like it could develop into <laughs> okay. something worse. Mm. To be honest. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I think to really um to to add on to Darren is I think for females is having the frank open conversation, right? No judgment. Talk to your partner honestly and be like, tell them it's okay. I think guys, okay, so just think about ED, which we didn't touch, is when a guy get ED, the girl always straight away think that it's her fault. Right? I'm not attractive enough, he's, che- he's cheating. Guys will be like, fuck, it's my fault. <laughs> like, I'm not man enough. So both people feel like a fault and the whole mood is like pretty shit, right? So I, I think the first is to have an honest conversation about this whole thing and talk it out, right? And then to support him um, if treatment is, is essential, right? And then just guide him through, like help him and be with him, right? In, no, in a no judgment zone. I, I think that's, that's the, that's, I think one thing that all guys would want and really feel appreciated, you know, that, that the girl doesn't make you feel less of a man because you really feel less of a man because of the condition. And girls, don't take it personally. It's not you, right? It's not you. It's, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta flip it. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Yeah, clowns, eh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I think um, that was a great like episode. I really learned a lot. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. It's very exciting to have published 50 episodes of the podcast, A Milestone. We thank you guys for all your support so far and that if you love us, please share us with your friends and family or whoever you think needs to hear this. As usual, feel free to reach us on Instagram at somethingprivatepod or email me at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. 